New Things, the podcast. And each day we see your light, new stories to tell, new battles to fight. Old things are gone, it's a brand new day. And new things we find our way. New things, new things, embracing the joy each new day brings. New things, new things, in His love our hearts sing. New Things, the podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of New Things. I'm your host, Leanna Kaufman. Today, we have with us Sarah Grace with the Remedy with Sarah Amazing Grace podcast. We are so excited to have her here with us today. And Sarah, um, I'm going to hand this over to you. I know you have an incredible testimony that you'd like to share And we are just going to let God lead in the way that he would. So, Sarah, if you don't care, um, would you mind opening us up in a word of prayer? And I am excited for everyone to hear your story. Great. Thank you so much. And hello to everyone who is listening. My name is Sarah Grace, and I am honored to be here on uh, the podcast. And so, yeah, let's open it up to the Lord. Heavenly Father, God of power and might and majesty, thank you, God, for this day. This is the day that you have made, and Lord God Almighty, we will rejoice and be glad in it. Holy Spirit, we ask you to come and fill us, fill fill my mouth, fill Leanna, Lord, and um, uh, with the words that you would have us speak. And out there, Lord, I pray that you would give the listeners ears to hear. Your word says that if he has ears, let him hear. And Lord God, we just pray, Father, that that your spirit would float on the airwaves into the hearts of those who are listening today. And we thank you, Lord, that your word never returns void. And so in the name of Yeshua, We give you glory, honor, and praise. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Okay. Well, um, again, thank you so much for having me on the show today, Leanna. This is um, uh, a a great show and um, I am, you know, (laughs) new things, a new creation in Christ that, um, you know, we are, we are living in an era where people are reveling in who they were born, or I was born this way, or um, that, that they're reveling in, and actually, ultimately, they're trying to find out who they are. But in reality, God sent Jesus to come and redeem us so that we can be born again into the new creation and into the identity that was uh, given to us, well, really from the foundation of the world, from the time that we were created in our mother's wombs, we were called for such a purpose. And those who are alive today, right now, we are called to a time such as this. And so um, about me and my testimony, um, so I was raised in a Christian household. In fact, my dad, um, well, was a Christian uh, Maranatha music Christian concert promoter back in um, the Jesus movement. There was just that uh, Jesus revolution movie. And my parents were a part of that. They were from Southern California. My family's from Southern California. And they were um, saved at uh, one of the tent revivals that um, uh, was taught by Lonnie Frisbee, actually. And um, through that, my dad uh, studied under Chuck Smith and the Calvary um, Chapel there in Costa Mesa, California. And um, my dad um, became a Maranatha music uh, Christian concert promoter. And from there, uh, my dad was was not a speaker. In fact, he was incredibly intimidated to speak uh, because he had a stutter. And um, God called him to be a radio DJ, disc jockey back in the day uh, for a Christian radio station. And because he was a concert promoter. Anyway, the Lord really just worked all of that 
miracle upon miracle, incredible uh, uh, acts of God that then be uh, begot um, the church that my parents founded and my dad uh, became a pastor. And so I was born the year that they started um, pastoring. And um, so I was born into ministry. A church began in the living room of our home and grew and grew and ultimately had a building and then a bigger building and, you know, as, you know, growing churches do. Well, as a, I've always been a person who has wanted to seek out truth. I am the truth teller in my family, which doesn't go over well with some people. <laughs> and I've always been someone who wants and seeks out the truth. And so when I was a teenager, um, I was a typical pastor's kid. <laughs> and uh, if you don't know what a PK is, uh, there are many very famous PKs, um, uh, uh, Alice Cooper and Sam Kennison. <laughs> and, you know, when a PK goes off the rails, boy, they go off the rails hard. And um, that's what I did. I started really young going off the rails at about 12 years old. I started um, taking drugs. Um, uh, I lived in a hippie town. So LSD and mushrooms and those kind of things were all around. And um, so, you know, and around this hippie community, and I started being drawn by the enemy <laughs> to this kind of hippie uh, lifestyle. And so, um, I left the church, um, and, um, you know, also growing up as a pastor's kid. And I think this happens maybe with a lot of pastor's kids and why they rebel is, you know, my dad used to say that sheep look all fluffy and sweet, but that the sheep bite, that people are more afraid of the wolves, but in your when you're in ministry, it's actually the sheep who bite. And so growing up, I think this is what happens with a lot of pastor's kids is that um, they get bit by the sheep. You get judged, you get labeled, you get um, you live in a glass house. And so in in my life, that was the case. And I wanted to know the truth. I didn't want to know a God that was who my parents had met. I wanted to know the truth and who God really was. Who was God? Was it the God of my parents? Was it the God of, of you know, over here at the Baha'i fireside? Was it the God over here at, you know, anyway, ultimately what I, what I landed on was, um, was witchcraft. I lived in a town, as I said, that was a hippie town, but also uh, there was a huge um, Wiccan and um, pagan and witchcraft population. And my best friend in high school happened to be of that. Uh, that was her religion. And so she drew me in with that. And um, I, you know, here I am this pastor's daughter, but that is where um, I, you know, on my quest for the truth, because there's power in magic. There is power in magic. And um, it's not, uh, you know, there's, we have, we're, we're in a spiritual battle here, and there's power on both sides. But ultimately, you know, God wins. <laughs> well, but you know, and, and that's kind of the thing, because when uh, Moses went to Pharaoh, and he did all of these things, you know, he turned his staff into a snake or whatever, Pharaoh's soothsayers and seers and things like that, they were able to, to to do these things too. Right. Right. So yeah, they were able to match the energy and that's kind of how it is when, with the new age uh, movement in general is that <clears throat> the devil is a great mimicker. He exactly. doesn't create this. He, do, he didn't create this powerful uh, structure. God did, but the devil mirrors and, um, you know, mimics uh, and is a counterfeit of what, God can do. And so um, as I was tapping into this, um, uh, this new practice that my friends were all into, um, I met um, a man, uh, I met a boy um, uh, that I 
immediately fell in love with and he and I were drawn to each other. Um, and lo and behold, he was, uh, and he was in, in a different uh, state, actually, he was in California and I was in Oregon by this time. And, um, uh, I met him and we fell in love instantly. Love at first sight, amazingness, right? And turns out that he was also into Wiccan pagan stuff. And so, um, uh, you know, it was, you know, probably the devil <laughs> that was that was in the mix. I'm not sure. I feel like God leads our lives even when we're, you know, when we're called by God uh, in our life, ultimately, we go out, we run away and the shepherd comes for us. And so um, leading up to I'm 17 years old and I am high in a bathroom in our apartment in Lodi, California. And um, I hear the voice of the Lord and it wasn't, you know, hey, Sarah, you know what you're doing is not wrong, you know, right. You know the truth. It was only one thing. He said, Sarah. And I knew he didn't say, it's me, Jesus, or, hey, it's God. My heart, my soul, my being knew. And I knew at that moment, every, everything that um, I had been searching for, the absolute truth in all of the world religions that I had dabbled in and, you know, witchcraft and paganism, I knew in an instant who, where I knew in the instant truth and the, and the truth, truth is Jesus that, uh, without a doubt, a hundred percent, no, uh, doubt whatsoever, Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus is the anointed one. And he is who he says he is. He said, I am the way. I am the truth and I am life. And in that moment, I knew that. And from there, the Lord took me back to uh, Oregon, back to my parents' house. Um, I actually ended up getting really sick. I got environmentally sick working at the job that I was at, which ultimately led me to um, uh, being at my parents' house. You know, you look back over your life now and you're just like, wow, Lord, you had every step planned out for me. And um, <laughs> just, I, I, I'm so blown away at how the Lord has led me. And so you know, here, here I am, uh, you know, uh, 30 years ago, <laughs> I'm um, uh, uh, sitting in this bathroom. And from that moment on, I just went hard after the things of the Lord. And so right. um, uh, I've been in ministry pretty much um, since then. I've been a student of the Bible, um, not just a meme Christian uh, who takes a yes, picture that's on a meme or Christian. Yeah, a bumper sticker Christian, or as I like to call it, the C's candy Christian. Just pick yes. and choose the ones that you want and leave the unsavory ones behind. I have been um, a student of the Bible for 30 years now, and um, I'm still a student of the Bible because every single day, doesn't matter how many times I've read something, it doesn't matter how many times I've read it. Sometimes I'll go, wow, I don't remember that being there. And I literally right. have just read this book, you know, uh, just a few months before as I read through the Bible every single year. It, the Bible is mind blowing. It is alive. It is um, uh, a constant. Um, uh, it's a constant voice of God in your life that speaks to your absolute um, the life and the path and the journey that you are on. And it, it changes, uh, the word of God doesn't change, but the interpretation right. in your heart and the leading changes as your path changes. It's incredible. Anyway, Sarah, <laughs> no, I was actually going to say when you brought that up, you know, we've all read the parable of the mustard seed, right. Mm -hmm. And how that if we just had the faith, the size of a mustard seed, that we could look at a mountain and tell it to move while well, I was reading it the other day. And I had a completely, two stories I got to tell, completely different um, view. 
of the story. And I got to thinking like, okay, the faith of a mustard seed. What if, what if that means, what if we saw the potential? Okay. What if we saw the potential of what we had to be able to become? So if we had the faith of a mustard seed, a mustard seed is the smallest seed, yet it can grow up to 30 feet tall. Okay, if we had that faith in our own abilities, if we could see and and know the the abilities we have that God sees in us, how different would that be? And could that's what faith up? is, yeah. Right. Hebrews and, 11, 1 says, faith is to be sure of what you hope for, and it is the evidence of things unseen. So right. that is exactly what faith is. It's the evidence of the unseen. I I know that this bush has the potential to reach 30 feet high and that's what I'm seeing for it. That's what I'm right. seeing for it. Yeah. That's amazing. And the, if we would just have the the eyes that God had for us, we could see our potential and what our ministry could be. And it would be limitless according to the power that's given to us. And and the Bible says that that same power that raised people from the dead is in us. Yeah, it's not a yes. different power. Heaven has nothing else to offer. Heaven has given all that it has to offer. We just have to have the faith to, to take God at his word, to really get down to it and be like, okay, this is your promise. This, this is what you said to me. And we have to prepare ourselves spiritually to be able to unlock that. Obviously, we can't be living like the world and expect to move a mountain. But, you know, when we put our focus and our trust in God, it's limitless. And another thing uh, that I had read so many times and that I read it differently this past, I think, five or six months ago, was the story of Peter when he was walking on the water. Right. So he was looking at Jesus, right? He's on the ship. Jesus was on the water and he's told him to come. He said, if it's, it's you, just tell me to come and I will. And, and he did. Right. And it said, we, we talk about keeping our eyes on Jesus. And when we take our eyes off of Jesus, then we begin to sink. Well, the Bible mentions that he stepped out right? There's other people on the ship watching this, okay? It's not just Peter and Jesus. There's other people on the ship that are watching this. And so I looked at it from the point, from the perspective of those people that were on the ship, okay? They're seeing this guy <laughs> take a step out into the water, into the sea to follow Jesus. And, and, and he starts to do a miracle. So we look at this from the people on the boat and it says that they, that they saw this and that they were, they become believers because of it. So, you know, in our ministries, sometimes we think we're taking a big step or we're trying to branch out. We're trying to obey God by doing these podcasts and things. And in the background, there's people watching this and because of our faith and stepping out to do something that God has called us to do, there will be people saved because of that. People will become believers because of that. And I know with my story, especially being an ex-atheist, there's so many times when I still encounter people that I used to hang out with before, right, that are still atheists. And they'll tell me sometimes, like, you've changed. Well, thanks. <laughs> I sure hope I have because I was not a fan of who I was before. And, you know, we don't know what step it is that's going to cause them. You know, Peter took several steps. We don't know what step it is going to be that's going to cause them to see and believe. That's right. But we that's do right. know that God's word says that it won't return void unto him. Mm -hmm. So right now, people listening, if you've thought about taking a step, I don't know why this is, has to be Holy Spirit giving me this. If you've thought about taking a step, you're sitting there right now, you're listening to this and you're thinking, oh, she's talking about me. Well, then, yeah, I, I am talking about you. The step that you take toward Jesus is going to be noticed by others. 
Yeah. And that step is going to be a step. It's going to be the leading step for them. So I'll I'll stop talking now because I don't feel like anything else is um, coming from that. But um, But Sarah, wow. I mean, it's so true. The the people around you, even the people that are some, you know, so far distant, uh, they are watching. And throughout my uh, throughout my life, I've I've really come to realize that people that I didn't even think that I knew or who knew me or that I even had what I what I didn't think was even a connection with. Somehow I'll get a message from them and say, you have no idea what X, Y, and Z in your life did uh, in my life. It, you know, it, it's, it's changed how I thought about something and it led me to start picking up my Bible. You know, it was very interesting um, in, uh, I, I used to be in medicine uh, before um uh, for for several years, and I actually ended up leaving medicine because I really got. Um, I, I am not an adrenaline person, <laughs> and um, to work in trauma medicine is um, is uh, it takes a special kind of adrenaline junkie, and it ain't me. But I've always been someone who wanted to be in service of others, and so um, I really found that. It was interesting that um, the people who grieve with no hope and the people who had uh, or have the Lord and the hope of uh, the cross. When you work in medicine, you um, ultimately, people are not coming to a trauma center because it's the best day of their life. Usually it's the worst day of their life and huge huge life uh, changing events are happening. And um, when my dad died, I was working with someone whose dad was also sick. And I, um, when my dad died, I grieved, of course, his death, I, I grieved the loss, my loss of my dad here on earth. But I knew that, um, like Jesus said that, you know, anyone who, um, believes in me, though he dies, he's actually alive. Right. And my dad used to say, if you ever hear a rumor that I've died, don't believe it. I'm more alive than ever. (laughs) And, um, (laughs) and so I knew all of that and I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that my dad just beyond the veil, was more alive than ever. Because I had the hope of what happened at the cross and the empty tomb and the resurrection and that Jesus is the resurrection and that he's life. And so because I had that hope, but my coworker, her dad ultimately passed away a few months later and she, she didn't have that hope. She wasn't a Christian. She wasn't um, uh, someone who knew or knows Jesus. So she didn't have that hope. And to watch me walk through grief and her walk through grief, it was two completely different things. And um, I had patience and other um, of our coworkers in the practice that we were in at the time say to me, why, why, Sarah, why, why when your dad died, was it so different than when her dad died? And I was able to share the Mm -hmm. hope of Jesus with these people, but they were watching, you know, you don't, right. When you're in the midst of living life, when you're stepping out of that boat in faith, you know, Peter stepped out of that boat and he wasn't thinking about the guy's back in the boat at all. He was thinking about Jesus ahead. He, but then ultimately started thinking about the waves and, oh my gosh, what am I doing? I'm walking (laughs) on water. And then he starts sinking, right. And, you know, Jesus, uh, you know, saves him ultimately, but, and then they get back in the boat, but Peter wasn't thinking at all about the dudes back in the boat. He was thinking about him taking that step and the waves around him and all that kind of stuff. And so the same is true 
of us as we walk our walk with the Lord. Right. Oftentimes we're not thinking about the dudes back in the boat <laughs> that are watching us make these moves. And, you know, little by little as, as we're shaped in clay and hopefully in your Christian walk, you are, um, you know, though we're not saved by our works, the fruit of your tree better be producing good fruit because that's, um, how, uh, um, that's how you will know a tree by the fruit it bears. And right. so hopefully the fruit that is being born from your, um, life is, you know, the fruit of the Holy spirit that you're showing self-control in situations. Um, you know, I laugh a lot because on, on my social media, I post, um, a lot of crazy stuff. In Ephesians chapter five, it says to take no part uh, of the wicked deeds, but expose them. And so I post a lot of truth. As, again, I'm a truther. I'm somebody who has sought out truth my whole life. And Jesus, he is truth. And the spirit of truth lives in me. And so because the spirit of truth lives in me, somehow through that through that light not somehow through the light that is inside of me it illuminates into dark corners and i can see things that sometimes others can't and so i expose and throw stuff out there and so <laughs> um it's it's really interesting the messages the direct messages that i get on my social media when i start posting stuff you don't realize you just don't realize how, what people are are watching and so you know, you want to make sure that the fruit coming from you, the fruit of the spirit, uh, for me, sometimes it's self-control because these trolls will come out and, um, you know, you know, you're doing good when trolls come out and start, you know, oh, yeah. commenting <laughs> that, you know, it's like, wow, I've made it. I have my own trolls, you know, <laughs> but, yay. <laughs> yay. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, I mean, I, I, I love it when the trolls start coming out, but you know, uh, there's that, there's that meme going around and it's, you know, it is me. I, you know, I've got the mug. I, you know, want it on a t-shirt that's, <laughs> that says, you know, I'm part of the kingdom, but I'm from the South side of the kingdom because, oh, it's so true. <laughs> I, like I have that. some spicy stuff inside, but it's the self-control of the Holy spirit that keeps me from posting not what pops into my head, you know, and just, you know, blasting somebody with, you know, a, a bazooka of, of, um, you know, boom, <laughs> blasting them out of the water, because I don't know where that person's at. That troll obviously is somebody who's hurting, who is, um, you know, obviously not happy in their lives. And so if I'm supposed to be someone who is a representative of Christ, then, you know, that self-control, this, the, you know, the fruit of the spirit, you know, and, um, love, joy, you know, peace, patience, gentleness, kindness, self-control. Um, you know, those are the things that should be pouring out of your, you know, your life. Those are the fruit that should be hanging on the branches of your tree. And, um, anyway, so, but well, you, yeah, you just, you don't think of who's looking. <laughs> I know that that was, um, of the Holy Spirit because, oh, maybe, just maybe we all fall short sometimes. And just maybe I said some things on my social media <laughs> not too long ago. <laughs> and maybe, just maybe, I maybe had a pastor come to me and say exactly what you did. So, oh, well, <laughs> it, it, um, I don't like admitting that because we don't like admitting our faults. I mean, who likes to say I'm imperfect? I fail. Sometimes I fall short. You know, it's, it's not always, um, and I know that comes with a prideful spirit sometimes, but it, it, it's not always nice to be able to, um, to say when you fall short. You know, I mean, that's just no, human it, nature, right? It is so, human nature. I, I'm the, I'm the same too. I, you know, in no way am I saying, oh man, I'm there. I'm perfect. Because if I was, right. I would be in heaven. I'm not perfect yet. I'm still a work in progress. We all are. We are still clay in the hands of the great potter. And, you know, whoo, 
sometimes, you know, like rocks in a tumbler, you know, you get tumbled just to make you smooth and, you know, uh, uh, or just a, a, you know, a small circumstance like, hey, you know, maybe dial back on blasting the trolls or whatever, um, you know, uh, but also in another sense, I mean, you know, there's been, I've had pastors uh, come to me and, um, you know, there's, there are a lot of pastors who took a seat during 2020 when the government said, you know, hey, take a seat. I want you to not have people gather together and I want, you know, and they shut their doors for their church. Uh but then went ahead and, you know, had uh, uh, cultural marches from their parking lots. Uh, yes, <laughs> if you're listening to this podcast, you know who I'm talking about. There's been multiple churches, but okay, whatever. But, um, you know, where they're going harder for culture than they are for Christ. And right. so some of those people, um, uh, they have missed the mark in, in standing right now we need to stand. There is no middle ground. Jesus right. said, you know, to be hot or be cold. And even if you're lukewarm, I'm going to spew you out of my mouth. I'm going to, I'm, that makes me throw up is what Jesus is saying. I'm going to, it's, it's like having barf <laughs> to be in Ugh. the middle ground. And for a long time though, a long time in our culture, it was really easy to ride that middle line to say, well, I do stand with this people and I do, and I understand where they're at, but I'm not going to condemn them. And I'm not going to say anything because I don't want to rock any boats, but listen, that is not the time in which we are living now. That's it has exactly been made right, abundantly clear. And I'm not speaking of politics. I'm not talking about a donkey or an elephant or a blue or a red or any of that garbage. I'm talking about people whose hearts are so unbelievably perverse and wicked mm -hmm. and the things that they stand for, that they're standing for. Look at who you are aligning yourself with and what they stand for. And if what they're standing for is murder, if what they're standing for is, uh, you know, sexual immorality and sexual perversion, if that's what they're standing for, if that's what they're promoting, then, um, um, then you have to align yourself and, or, you know, take a step back and just say, you know, dude, what? And if you have a pastor that is saying, Hey, you know what? You're right. We're going to shut down our church and we're not going to gather. Then that's going against what, you know, we're commanded in the Bible. You know, do not, do not neglect the gathering together of the saints. Yeah. It's so important. And being on a zoom church, that's not the gathering together. That is, it's great. It's great to hear Bible teaching online, but there is something so important Listen, each one of us have the breath of God within us. And earlier on in this podcast, we talked about the New Age movement stealing from the power that God created and mirroring it and mimicking it. I'm going to talk about the fact that we all have the breath of God in us. And that breath of God, it's been proven scientifically to be an electrical impulse. We have electrical uh -huh. impulses. We have energy that is within us. And yes, oh, woo woo. Now, Sarah, <laughs> whoa, here comes the hippie girl. She's coming in with her energy podcast. No, no. <laughs> but I am. I'm saying, listen, we are energetic beings. And sure. they have they have proven that when you hug someone, when you shake someone's hand, that there's an energy exchange that happens between the two people. And when you, um, uh, when you hug someone heart to heart, there is a metaphysical, so, you know, and, and having been someone in medicine, okay, we think of the, the physical body, we think of the heart and the lungs and the intestines and the stomach and the liver. And, you know, we think of this as, you know, but, but even in medicine, medicine and science has not even yet begun to catch up to the metaphysical metaphysical part of the body and how, okay, whoa, there's a gut brain connection. Well, how in the world is the gut and the brain connected? And why is it that the gut can cause 
someone to go into depression and why, because there's a metaphysical connection that we aren't tapping into that we're not looking at. And so when you gather together with other believers who also have the spirit of truth in them, in my mind, I liken it to like the Power Rangers getting together and, you know, Power Rangers unite or whatever and ching and they touch their rings together and everything, you know, gets stronger. <laughs> but Jesus said that where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am in their midst. I will hear your prayers and I'll answer them, he said. There's uh -huh. a reason. There is a reason that he said where two or three are gathered together. There's a reason that in, it says to not neglect the gathering together of the saints. There is a reason. And so anyway, <clears throat> if you're a pastor and you are doing your ministry online and not letting people gather, <laughs> you're going against what Jesus said. You're going against the word. And that's, that's a no. But anyway, I digress. So I have had well, pastors come to me and say, well, Sarah, you know, you're posting all of these things. And then it turns out that a lot of them took federal money to push that agenda. <laughs> and you know, anyway, yeah, yeah. So um, just know that, you know, the spirit of truth sometimes hurts and, uh, and that's okay too, but blasting somebody with a, uh, um, in a spirit of haughtiness or blasting somebody in a, um, in a, you know, a negative or mean, which can happen. I mean, I, man, I tell you type, 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 you know, my husband said, what are you typing? I says, Oh, I'm typing a response to this da 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 da. And the Holy Spirit's like, no. I'm like, oh, oh, delete, 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 you know, like, you know, but no, I really bro. want to, yeah, are you sure? Yeah, but I really want to. Yeah. I have a, I have a podcast episode called the frosted side. And back when I was a kid, there was a cereal called frosted mini wheats. And, um, I think maybe it still is out there. I don't know, <laughs> but, um, uh, but it was uh, frosted wheat was the name of the cereal. And on one side, it's, you know, this wheat bix. It's, you know, looks like a, a you know, thing of straw or hay. <laughs> but on the other side, it has like this hard, crunchy, crispy sugar coating frosting, right? And the commercial, uh, you know, back of Saturday morning cartoons in the 80s. What, what? Anyway, <laughs> and the commercial was, you know, some astutious man saying, well, you know, uh, the wheat side of me says to do this. And then ring. And it was a, he was a kid in his clothes. He's like, but the frosted side of me says that, you know, I want to go ride my skateboard. And so to me, uh, my husband and I, that's what we say often when we are flying off the cuff or when we are, um, doing something that, Ooh, I just want to punch that guy in the face or whatever, that that's the frosted side of me. That's the immature, the immaturity. That is the, uh, the immature side of me peeking through. And so sometimes we'll say, Oh my gosh, my frosted side of me wants to say this, that, and the other, but uh, the wheat side of me says, and which is, which, you know, which is the Holy Spirit, the spirit of uh, the self-control that comes from the fruit of the spirit. <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, no. the frosted side <laughs> and everyone's like got that. it. Yeah. Everyone's got it. Um, well, I'm going to say one more thing and then uh, just kind of what we talked about, because this went a little different than what I thought, but that's okay. Because <laughs> hey. we said at the beginning before we started recording that we don't limit where God can take this. But I do want to say that during my time as an atheist, the there's a song, and I'm sure, Sarah, that you know what I'm talking about. It's called Jesus Freak. And mm -hmm. um, at the very beginning of it, it says that the single greatest cause of atheism in the world today are Christians mm -hmm. who acknowledge God with their mouth, turn around, and deny him by their lifestyle. Ooh. And that's... Um, that's so true. Like, I mean, you might not think that's true because it's just part oh, it's of a true. song. Mm -hmm. I absolutely can testify. It is true. Mm -hmm. I have watched, I watched more Christians say that they were going to church and praise Jesus and pray for me and do this and do that. And they would go out and drink alcohol. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. They no, would go be sorry. smoke. Preach that truth. Preach they that truth. They would cuss. Mm -hmm. They would do everything that I was doing. And so I'm looking at them like, you're just nothing but a hypocrite. Mm -hmm. You're exactly what I thought you were. And it wasn't even that person. That person, unfortunately, 
and and even now, unfortunately, the world does not judge Christ based on Christ. The world judges Christ and God based on Sarah Grace, that's right, <laughs> Leanna Kaufman, yep, and anybody in this world that's a Christian, you are unfairly being judged by the world. I'm not, I'm not going to say that's right for them to do that, but they do. So at all opportunities and all times, we need to make sure that we have our A game on. We are playing in the Super Bowl every single day that we wake up. They're watching. Yeah, they, they are say watching. That's that saying that says sometimes the only Bible that people will read is you. And that's right. a, that is a heavy, um, that is that is a, a sometimes a heavy burden because we are yes. still human. Although that's such a poor excuse because if you are a follower of Christ and you have been baptized, the old you was left behind in that water. That that's mm-hmm. the dead man, you know. But sometimes, even as Paul Paul says, you know, why do I do the things that I don't want to do, and I don't do the things that I should, and you know, why is that? And and um, you know, all of us are imperfect. And I, Sarah, Sarah Grace is going to let you down. I'm going to let you down. I'm going to say something that you don't like. Maybe you, you know, see me out and, you know, uh, and my hair is, you know, not brushed all the way or, Hey, you know what? I have tattoos. I have a lot of tattoos and I (laughs) don't, yeah, I don't have, um, uh, Listen, I, I, as I said, I've been a student of the Bible for 30 years. I don't have a pastor twisting, you know, uh, Leviticus to me. <laughs> I know what that passage is about. I know that it is not about me getting uh, flower tattoos. It's about, again, pagan and Canaanite God worship, right. people that worshiped pagan and Canaanite gods and sliced their flesh and, and, um, had pictures drawn on their flesh in celebration of the dead. Anyway, it was a whole different thing. And sure. um, anyway, the church has done a crazy thing about, about um, uh, tattoos. I don't even know where it came from. Somebody a long time ago didn't like them and decided to start this crazy rumor that God hated tattoos. And if that's the case, then um, that's, it's crazy. God doesn't hate tattoos. There's literally like whole tribes and nations of people. In fact, almost every tribe and nation of people have um, tattoos that are associated with their you know, tribe and, and, and nation, and they are created uh, by God and love the Lord. So anyway, that's a a totally miss crazy interpretation, but I digress. Somebody would see me and say, you're a Christian. How in the world do you have tattoos? Well, (laughs) you know, and so, so uh, we can get into this, um, this living for people attitude this mindset where, okay, I don't want to do this because I don't want to stumble somebody, but that not doing that might stumble this other person. And then you get really locked in and, you know, the spirit of the, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And that, Uh that is not how we're called to live, to live in bondage to somebody else's trip, you know, like, don't take me on your trip, (laughs) but we need to live our lives for the most important person to please. And that is to please God. There is a way to live a life that is righteous. So many Christians, they live in the, the pre-cross they live in, they say, you know, come to the feet of the cross and lay your burdens down, but they go to the foot of the cross and they stay there. Yeah. And they think, well, I'm lowly and this is death and this is who I am, but that is not true. Don't stay at the foot of the cross because Jesus isn't there. Jesus isn't on the cross. If you see a crucifix with Jesus on it, still rebuke that because Jesus rose from the dead. That is what people should have, not a cross around their neck. They should have the open tomb around, you know, if they're, if they're going to wear jewelry, wear an open tomb jewelry. Why? Because the cross, what he did there, incredible. But more incredible and what gives us the hope is the conquering of death. And that is what yeah. the open tomb is. And so the, the person that we are to live our righteous life for is the one who deserves it. And that is, is Jesus. And, um, you know, it's, it's to please the I am, which is Yahweh. It's God, the, uh, the great I am, who Jesus said 
he was. Jesus said, before Abraham was, I am. And, um, you know, there's people out there who say, well, Jesus never said he was God. He sure did. (laughs) Yeah, he sure did. (laughs) That's again, again, read your Bible. That's my whole message. My whole message about the remedy was born out of, and it's the remedy with Sarah Amazing Grace. And you can find it anywhere major podcasts are heard. Uh, you can also go to my website, sarahamazinggrace.com, and all the seasons are on there as well. But it was the remedy was born out of this pandemic that that we just all went through, this crazy new normal that the world experienced. And <clears throat> we walked through this time where people were clamoring for any help, anything. They're wearing these, you know, face diapers that don't work, but people are too scared and people are grocery shopping with, you know, uh, gloves on their hands and then taking home and touching. I mean, like the science left the building, people's common sense left the building, but it did because people are scared. They don't know. And so fear and fear is a powerful control tool. And so that that's what that whole time was about fear and keeping people down, keeping people separate so they're not worshiping the Lord together. All the while, evil is infiltrating every aspect, every corner, every street, every, uh, I mean, evil is just pouring in. And I mean, we see that now with these crazy award shows. I mean, the devil uh, has been very um, overtly part of the excuse me, covertly part of the music industry for a lot of years and part of our government and part of the world governments. But um, in the recent years, we've seen the covers start to be pulled back and the curtains separate. And we are seeing this total overt worship of, uh, you know, Satan, demons. And, you know, I mean, we've got Sam Smith, you know, perversely gyrating, you know, whatever covered with the devil stuff and Doja Cat, you know, covered in blood. And we have, you know, Kylie Jenner covered in blood on her ads. I mean, it's just, it's, it's completely out there. Right. (laughs) And so, um, um, my podcast was born because the world needs a remedy, a remedy for this sickness that has overtaken all of these aspects of our life. And people are clamoring for and needing for a remedy. And so I said, the remedy, the remedy for all of this is Yeshua Mashiach. It's Jesus, the anointed one. And it's reading the Bible. It's not your bumper sticker Christian or your meme Christian. It's opening and cracking the word of God. It's hiding his words in our heart. The Bible says, I hide your words in my heart so that I won't sin against you. Well, Sarah, that is huge. It it is. And that may be all we're able to do before long. You can call me a conspiracy theorist all you want, but I absolutely hiding the word in your heart we get that, you know, that's, it's to be a guide for you, but that may be all that we're able to do before long. <laughs> well, and you know, people in China, the underground church in China is huge, yes. huge. It's one of the largest growing church populations in the world. Um, next to, I believe, Syria, Syria, mm. um, and followed by uh, Iraq. Um, those are, those populations are, uh, oh, uh, and Afghanistan. Um, really? they say, I've heard in Afghanistan, uh, they say that <clears throat> one of the, the, um, biggest gospel movements has been born out of when, uh, the current administration pulled out of Afghanistan and all of these people and, and the Taliban took over mm-hmm. that under, they said that the, the Taliban is the best missionary for Jesus you can possibly imagine. Because oh, well, because yeah. them taking over, the gospel actually has spread and house churches by the thousands upon thousands. We have people um, that we know, uh, missionaries that we love that are on the ground in Iraq. And they what they report to us is absolutely astounding. But again, if they are caught with a Bible, 
uh-huh. if they're caught with with i mean this it's it's certain death and the same is true in china and so what they have done is these people hid the word in their hearts and so that i mean but reading the bible and knowing the true heart of god what does god require of you what who is jesus what did jesus actually say (laughs) all of those things are found right here in the word of god and so it's so important to read the bible for yourself absolutely you know uh, not just going to a Bible study where someone's teaching it to you. That's great too. But reading the Bible for yourself, like they say, if you give a man a fish, he eats for a day. But if you teach a man to fish, he eats for a life. And that that is what I, I have a Bible study that we're starting tonight um, here in the town in Texas that I live, a women's Bible study. And it isn't some fluffy uh, devotional Bible study that we're starting. We are starting a study in the Bible together, reading the word of God together. And you wouldn't believe how many women are coming who've never read the Bible for themselves. <laughs> it's wild. Wow. It's wild. That's awesome. Is that available um, like on Zoom or anything like that? Or is that just it, there in person? It isn't. Yeah, this is just an in-person thing for now. I mean, it may be something that in the future we do um online. Uh, It may be something that I end up doing um, online for people to find um, also, but for now it is in person only, and it's going to be in Bernie, Texas. So if you're anywhere in the Texas Hill Country, San Antonio, Austin, any of those areas, come on uh, over to Bernie tonight. It's going to be an amazing time in the Word of God with people who are gathered together in Jesus name and you know, the Holy Spirit's going to be there. It is going to be radical. Awesome. Well, Sarah, I cannot thank you enough for coming on and talking with us today. I feel like I should say that I don't think this is going to be the last time I have Sarah on. Um, I've never said that before, but I do feel I feel there's a lot of things that we can maybe talk about together. So I certainly hope that we can maybe um, arrange another time for you to come on again. Um, Again, that is The Remedy with Sarah. Amazing Grace is her podcast. And I will have all of the information linked in the description so that you can reach out to Sarah for yourself. Um, Sarah, I know we, we prayed in. Do you care to pray out too? You betcha. Oh, Lord God, thank you so much for this incredible time. I know you are here. I know, Lord God, uh, that you filled our uh, words, that we opened our mouth and it was you that came out. And Lord, I pray that it would pierce the hearts of those who hear and uh, Lord, that your name is glorified. Father, you know that uh, all of this is done for your glory and for the good of your people. And so we thank you for that. And God, we just, Lord God, you be glorified. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.